Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. You may be seated. I'll share just a little bit about the building program. Not much, because uh, it's been um, a big part of my life, and um, there's times uh, I'm glad to walk away from it. We had a miracle happen the other day, just yesterday. Big miracle. We needed a pump in a tank to flush our toilets and urinals. We needed a five-horse, three-phase, a special pump. We didn't have one. There wasn't one in the state. We said it would be three months. So I made a phone call to actually Anchorage Pump, if anybody knows who they are. But I made a call to them. Oh, they haven't got one. They'll have to order it. That's a specialty pump. Don't have it. He says, but just give me a second. I'll call you back. So he calls me back about three hours later. He says, you ain't going to believe this. We have the exact pump, every spec, to the T on our shelf. Who's building this building? It's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious. The key to building this building is really listening to the God's voice and just doing what he tells you to do. There's no other way. If you don't believe that, you're foolish. And anything in life you do, if you're not hearing the voice of God, my sheep, my children, know my voice. They know it. They hear me. You know, if I wouldn't be listening to my God's voice, you wouldn't see this building. I will guarantee it. That's all I had to be was smart enough and dumb enough to the world to listen to God's voice and do exactly what he told me to do. Because he told me to do things. We just finished a wall. We just finished a firewall that we've worked on for four years in engineering design. When they engineered and designed it, we couldn't build it. It was impossible, the engineering they designed. You couldn't build what they engineered. So God showed me a way to build a thing, went to the engineers, they approved it, and we built this thing, and we built something that nobody has ever built before. Literally. No one has ever built what we just built in this wall. We just finished it. We finished it. What an amazing birthday present. It's actually my birthday tomorrow. It'll be done sheetrocking it tomorrow. Tomorrow. I don't even want to tell you what that wall has cost us. But God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, so it's nothing to him. We, owe more, we, we, we put more price, preciousness in our money than God does. God puts it here. He sees our hearts, and he, you'll never outgive him. Psh, don't even try. Can't be done. I've tried. Impossible. It's literally, virtually an impossibility to outgive God. I don't care who you are. You will never do it. With the right heart, you have to have the right heart. Without the right heart, it ain't going to work. You know, then it's just a game. You're trying to play this game, and you're putting God to this challenge. And just be careful what you do with God. Let it be your heart. Your God speaking to you? Give. 10% is not New Testament, people. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's all God's. We're spirit-filled people. He owns it all. 
What are you talking about? If we're led by God, he may tell you to give the whole paycheck, not 10%. Because you know why? He's going to provide everything you need anyway in abundance. He said it. He promised it. If you put me first and my kingdom first, he'll add everything on you need beyond abundance. Before I get preaching on message I got, that's not my message. That was just a little tidbit. Anyway, I want to brag on Pastor Kirsten here a little bit. You know, I'm a farm boy. I used to own a farm many years ago. I was a good farmer. I was way above average because God ran my farm. I could tell you stories in that farm that blow your mind, literally blow your mind. It blew all my farmers' neighbors' minds, but Pastor Kirsten, most pastors, I'm going to be real honest with you, are not very hard workers. It's fact of life. That's not one of their qualities, it doesn't seem like. Pastor Kirsten isn't that person. He loves farming. He's raising pigs and cows and butchering them and massive gardens. And he's like, so I call him, he's my farmer pastor. <laughs> That's what I call him. Because <laughs> I'm really proud of him because I understand farming a lot and I'm watching him and he's doing a phenomenal job. And I'm glad he came from Hawaii. You're glad we came, them family came from Hawaii. I'm really glad they came from Hawaii. Of course, I'm glad Pastor Daniel came from Hawaii too. Speaking of Pastor Daniel, I'll brag him a little bit too. He's come to my shop many times and um, to fix his trucks or his cars, whatever they are. Not since I started building the building, but I haven't had time. But came to me, his brakes are squealing in his truck. He says, what do you think? I said, well, your brakes are shot. They're gone. I said, it's metal to metal. There's nothing left. Well, what should I do? I says, I told him what to do. Go down and get rotors, all this junk. Anybody knows brakes? So he comes back with him, and so I sit in a chair right next to me. I do the first one. I says, now you're doing the rest. I sat in the chair and watched him do it. I says, now you, never, now you know how to change your brakes. You'll never have to pay for that again. So the next time he had air conditioning problems, he calls me up. I says, you have the mind of Christ. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. So let's get it done. Go down YouTube, see how they do it, and get it done. He saved $1,000. You know, come on, people. The mind of Christ. You have the same mindset that God himself has. Think about that. Isn't that awesome? Anyway, let me get to my scripture. This thing... I need a grandson to run this thing, too. Need my Bible. All right, I'm going to read. I'm going to read in Numbers 13. Oh. If it obeys me. Oh, here we go. If you can stand up for the reading of the word. Those, if you don't feel led to stand, you can sit down, too. But anyway, it's Numbers 13, 1. <clears throat> and it's uh, talking about going into the promised land. And Jehovah spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that thy may spy out the land of Canaan, which I have given to the children of Israel. Of every tribe their fathers shall you send men, every one a prince, a prince among them. Basically, the best of the best. That's the men they sent into the promised land to search it out. It's the best of the best. As Moses sent them from the wilderness, Paran, according to the commandments of God, all of them men who had heads of, of the children of Israel, so the 12 tribes of Israel, each and every one of them. Now I'm going to jump down to um, 28. How about if the people that dwell in the land are strong? They came back, 
And this is the reports they gave. I'm not going to read the whole story. They went in there, and the land was full of milk and honey and all the preciousness. And then on 28, it says, How by the people that dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Achak there. And they dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea and along the side of the Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people. He basically said, Quit your murmuring and be quiet. Let us go up at once and possess the land. For we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are strong than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had spied out into the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that eateth up inhabitants thereof. And all the people we saw in, the, in, in it, men of great stature, and there we saw Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came at Nephilim, and were, and we were in our town site a grasshopper. And so we were there in their sights. You know, you can see down now. I want to touch bases on what keeps us from accomplishing what Jesus accomplished on the cross. He says he gave us all power and authority, that we lack nothing, we have the mind of Christ. He says, the works that I do and greater works shall you do. What is keeping us from doing that? You ever asked yourself that question? How come I'm not doing these things? What's stopping me from doing this? And yet God is saying, I've even given you the power to have revival. Why aren't you having revival? What stops you? Why are you always begging me for revival? Why are you always begging me for healing? Why? You know what he's saying to us? You're murmuring. I've already done it. The gift has already been there for you. Open it. Take it. It's yours. You lack nothing. Think about that. If I gave you a present, if I gave you a million dollars, it was sitting here in this box, but you never opened it up, and you never unwrapped it, you never did anything with it. It just sat there until the day you retired. You lived in poverty. You, 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 you never were healed. You never accomplished what God commanded you to haul, but you had this wealth in this box for you. It's a little bit of a rebuke, but it's also making you to challenge you that we need to change the way we think. And we need to change who our friends are. You see what 10 of the friends did of the 12 tribes? They caused the other two to have to roam around for 40 years. 40 years because of murmuring. So how long are we going to murmur and run around in circles before we do what God has accomplished us and God has commanded us to do? He has commanded us to do it, by the way. And he's given us the authority and the power to do it. When the Holy Ghost was given, it was given to us for signs and wonders from our lives to be a witness to the ungodly. Divine health is part of the atonement. It is ours. It's, it's the children's bread. And what stops it is the murmuring. We go to the doctor. What happens? The doctor gives us a negative murmuring. Or it's the big C, you know, the big fear word. Or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. It's fear. But what happens to us is we go to our friends, 
which also murmurs. So what happens to us now? Now we're deeper and deeper and deeper. Instead of going to the Word of God and finding out what God's Word says about healing and grabbing hold of truths that will set us free, because the truth is the only thing you got to do. And you've got to get this from your head to your heart. Faith is not going to be moved from your head. The head is just a game you're playing. You're playing this game back and forth, back and forth. You have to set your heart like a flint. And you can't move from who's around you. You don't care about your... I, there's things I don't even want to hear from people. I don't want to hear it. I don't need to hear what's going on in your life. The Holy Spirit already knows what's going on in your life. The last thing you need to do is condemn yourself. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. Blessing and cursing in the power of the tongue. If you want God... Revival? You want revival? My God, move in what God has given you. He's given us so much power, it's unbelievable. I've seen people with no limbs have hymns prepared right before my eyes. In America. Not in a foreign country. One was a little girl, 13 years old, didn't have a thumb. Boom, there it is. That's the God we serve. But you got to take the limits off him, and you got to quit murmuring and begging God for something he's already accomplished for you. Murmuring's our biggest enemy, and our friends can be our biggest enemy. Christian friends can be your biggest enemy. Sad but true. But I want you to become giants, not grasshoppers. To take the authority God has given you and that power to change the environment you live in. Satan has no rights. Jesus made him a footstool under our, his feet, which puts him under our feet. So he has no rights. He has no power. Only what we give him. And we give it to him with our mouths or our action. And our mouths is our biggest enemy. It's a fact of life. Once you go to the doctor, the doctor gives you a bad report. What do you do with that report? Do you accept it, claim it for your life, and go on a journey? Or do you come against it and stand on God's truth, which cancels the journey? You have to close that door. You open that door, you better close it quickly. Because you open it with your mouth, not what the doctor tells you. Now that tells you what to do. You need to go to the throne of God and tell the devil to get his hands off. Because the devil came to steal, rob, kill, and destroy. So you recognize who your enemy is instantly. But Jesus came to bring life, life abundantly, John 10, 10. These are real things, people. You know, the battle is real. Building this church has been one of the most major battles I've ever, ever been in, in my lifetime. I have fought battle after battle after battle in this church. Sometimes, to the point, I wanted to quit. As this is way over the top. The cost is too great. I can't continue. It's too much, God. You're asking too much out of me. But God knows what you can handle, and he pushes you beyond what you can handle because he knows your heart better than you do. Yeah, there was times I, there's no doubt in my mind, and then I start murmuring. So I have to get a hold of myself and shut my little mouth and go forward and do what God's called me to do because he called me to do this. No man called me to do this. I told the man that called me to do it, no, three times. I was Dr. Morocco. No, I'm not building your church. You can forget it. I was 70 years old. Who wants to build a church at 70 years old? Now I'm 77. I mean, do you want to build a church for seven years? How many of you people will want to build one for seven years? When would you quit? The first year? Second year? Third year? Lose my daughter? She dies? Would you quit then? Would it be overwhelming? Or would you go to God and cry out to him? 
ask all kinds of questions and struggle and fight for your faith, your truth, and God comes through. He always comes through. He makes a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. He gives you peace. He gives you comfort. Yeah, do I miss my daughter? Like no one you can imagine. Like no one you can imagine. In that seven-year period, I lost four brothers. Couldn't go back home. Too busy. I had to be committed to God committed me to do this. When I commit to something, I do it because God has called me to do it. If man would have called me to do it, I'd have walked away right away. Forget it. Why would I want to build this thing? I mean, I can make more money in one year on one job. Come on, people. If you think I'm in it for the money, you're dreaming. Because I make more money not building churches. Churches is not a profitable deal. It doesn't have to be. Church is rewarding because of the kingdom of God being advanced with power and might. This church needs a people full of God's fire and power. We need to enter this church full of revival with expectations of signs and wonders. Every time we enter this building, we should come prepared, ready to receive God's authority and his power. You need to get that word in your brain. You need to get it in your heart. So the first thing the doctor tells you, you grab that scripture and you speak it out loud. You tell the devil where he lies. He's a defeated foe. The battle's all fought right here in the mind. You have to rein in your thoughts and not give them life. Second Corinthians. The thorns will hit you, but you gotta rein them in. You gotta say, no, I'm not giving them life. I will not speak that lie. I will not speak that curse upon my life. I'm gonna speak life, I'm gonna speak the truth. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, I haven't been healed. By the blood of Jesus Christ, I am set free. The power of God's been put upon my life for a purpose. And that purpose is Satan has already been defeated. I'm more than a conqueror. He fought the battle. You don't even have to fight the battle. You don't even have to fight the battle. We think Christianity's hard. You're dreaming, people. It's the easiest thing I've ever done. Christianity's not hard. People say it's hard to be a Christian. Well, they're not, they don't know the God I know. At all. I've watched my God take... I, I'm farming. I have a pretty good-sized farm. I'm walking the fields, praising God and thanking him for the crop. I went into the bank to start with, told the banker I needed a loan. I think it was $80,000. I only had $7,000 to my name. I lost my house in a fire. This widow sold me the farm, down payment for $7,000. So I needed machinery, chemicals, seed, $80,000 worth. And all I had was our signature. Went into the banker. I says, my partner and I need to loan $80,000. I have no equity. Well, who's your partner? He says, God's my partner. He's my senior partner. He was. You know what the banker says? He looked at me right in the face. He knew I was dead serious. You go out and get whatever you need, come back and sign the note. And I asked him after, in one year's time, I paid for the farm and all the loan. One year. I'd walk the fields. Hail, we came, we went to the movie. That's back when Laura and I snuck to a movie for a Baptist girl. We never went to movies, but we snuck into one. It was a good old-fashioned movie. <laughs> you know, the old. <laughs> but anyway, we came out, six inches of hail. I knew the crops. If God didn't protect our farm, I said, Father, if you didn't protect our farm, we're going bankrupt together. We're going down together. Got to the farm as square as you could draw a line. Around that piece of land, not a stone touched it. The neighbor's field was pitch black. It drove six-foot corn right into the ground. That's the God I serve. 
I put the combine to test out there to combine the corn. I had beans too, but corn. I had so much corn, the combine that I owned couldn't handle it. It would snap the drive belts in it because it was just too much product. I hired a guy that bought a brand new expensive combine. He comes in there and just creeps across the field. I get a load of corn on each end of the field. Each end of the field, I have a load of corn. I'm talking hundreds of bushels every end. And this is acres. That's the God we serve. It would rain on my farm, lift up, and not touch the neighbors. The neighbors knew it. They talked. They couldn't believe it. It just built my faith in who my God is. God's a mighty God. He wants to be so much a part of your personal life. He loves to touch you. He loves to be literally so personal with you. You have to let your God become a personal friend. He's got to become that friend, that, 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 that oneness, that nature. I mean, where everything you do, you just kind of like, oh, God, what am I doing? I'm goofing up here. Sometimes in marriage I'll say that. When I kind of know I'm screwing up with my wife there a little bit, I'll say, Lord, forgive me, help me. I don't even understand a woman. You've got to help me. <laughs> hey, you can say what you want, guys. You all know it's true. <laughs> And you think, time you think you got them figured out, what do they do? They change on you. It's like, how can she change after 54 years? It's impossible. I thought I had her figured out. That's not even a joke. It's true. But anyway. <laughs> I know our pastor and his wife are celebrating. Are they celebrating your anniversary yet? Today? You don't even know you're the son. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know. Happy anniversary, pastors. <laughs> but, you know, let me read you something here that I wrote down here before I get sidetracked here. You know, I'm going to read just exactly what I wrote. I wrote this down. The devil whispers, you cannot withstand the storm that you're raging. That's the first thing he will tell you. You cannot withstand it. You will fail. You're going to die. You're going to do this. Fear comes. Fear actually means false evidence appearing real to a Christian. That's what it means. To a godly man, a person of truth, it means false evidence appearing real. It feels real, looks like it, tastes like it, but you know something? It's not real at all. God's already defeated that thing. It's a defeated foe. It has no right. I'm not going to give it right. The warrior replies at the storm, I am the storm. That's who we are. Weak fake says, I know what God says, but I look at the problem. See, that's where we've got to change our way. We've got to begin in our hearts. We've got to get that word within us. And we've got we've to write down the monuments when God does them for you. You have to remember them. You have to put them in place so when these little things happen, money, finances, anything, you know. Lori and I have lost three homes Two without insurance, and one we gave away because we had to have a lawyer fight a problem we, that we went through. And today we own three homes, paid for. Now, how is that possible? How is that possible, people? God does it. If you want to buy a home, tell God exactly what you want. List it out to the detail what you want. Now, if you want to take out a loan, go ahead and do it. But I'm telling you right now, you don't have to. That's the system. God has a way for you that might blow your mind. And I've seen two people that are dear friends, 
probably in heaven now, I don't know, it's been a few years, both of them got free houses because of their faith. The desire of your heart, he said, he will give you the desire of your heart. A house is not out of line. Now, if you want some mansion, you might be pushing it. He's still God. You know, he's still God. But I, I'm not that way. I don't, I don't go for God for that stuff. Although, great faith says this. I don't care what it looks like. I look at what God's word says, his truth. I focus on the truth, not the situation. That's what you got to do. That's great faith. You know, we have to remember we war not after the flesh. For our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. These are strongholds. Sickness disease is a stronghold. You have to learn to pull it down. Nobody can pull it down for you. This battle's between you, Satan, and God. And he's given you everything you need to be more than a conqueror. It's a fact of life. Don't look for somebody else to walk you through something. If you take a journey, you take the journey. But if you take a journey, I want you to do something. Close the doggone door of that journey and pull to God. You know, open up the door with the truth. Let the truth become a part of your journey now. Change the journey to God's journey and his truth. It will change the results. You can only do it yourself. But once you choose something, you have to realize you've given Satan permission to do what he wants. It's reality. It's a terrible thing, but it's true. You know, I mean, death and life's in the power of the tongue. It means we're still his children. His children. The ten tribes that didn't make it in the promised land. None of this is going to keep you out of heaven, people. I'm going to tell you right now. What I'm preaching is not going to keep you out of heaven. You're born again. You're a saved person. My children are destroyed because of why? There it is. Lack of knowledge. We're still his children. We're not perfect. We're going to fail. We need each other. So when you choose friends, you want to choose friends that are like-minded with the truth. You want to rub nails with people that are truth givers. That'll speak truth in your life. I confront my friend Rick a few times once in a while. Not too often, Rick, anymore. But I used to say, Rick, you can't say that. That's wrong. You're destroying your own life. You're speaking curses on your own life. You can't do that anymore. That's what a true friend does. You have to help. If you really love someone, you have to help them see the truth. And the truth will set them free. It's not you setting them free. It's this word that's going to set them free. It's God's promises. He stands behind his word to fulfill it. He will fulfill it. There's no if he will fulfill it. He will fulfill it. Signs and wonders is part of our life. When we go out of this door, signs and wonders will be part of what we do out there. The Holy Spirit was given us to empower us to do signs and wonders in the world. That's our testimony to the world. In the church here, we're to walk in that presence. The joy of the Lord. I asked the Lord, why? why? One time I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I got stuck in a chair. I couldn't get out. Two giant men couldn't pull me out of this chair. I was stuck to the floor, stuck there, laughing out of control. I was just, God did it to me. I couldn't get up. So this mom wanted to get prayed for, so she gives me her baby. So I held the baby. She goes up and gets prayed for. It was a Rodney Howard Brown type thing. <laughs> He's familiar with Rodney Howard Brown. Anyway, I said, Lord, if this is real, if this is really you, touch this little baby right now with your joy. 
And that little baby took off just laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. Oh, my God, it is you, God. This is real. Thank you, Jesus. That's the God we serve. And I asked him, why? Why do you have people laugh and carry on the floor? He said, these are my children. I like to see them laugh. It releases all the pressures in their life. They just sit there and they're laughing. They've got a care in the world. They're under this presence I put them under and they're joyful. He says, wouldn't you want to do that to your children? I thought, well, yeah, I used to blow on their bellies and do things to them so they'd laugh and tickle their toes. Yeah, I did that. He says, well, what do you think I do for my children? I thought, well, I never looked at it that way. You know, he'll tell you some amazing things if you're listening to him. It's like, wow, he's amazing. Some of the stuff in this building, he would wake me up 2 o'clock in the morning. This is the God we serve. This is who your God is. is isn't just my God. I've had a relationship with him since I'm 9 years old. I know nothing else but talking to my God. That's who I am. That's who he is. He's my friend. He's, there's only one friend that's only second closest, and that's my wife. She's my second best friend. Jesus is my best friend because of what he's taken me through. He's an amazing God. But, oh, it's amazing. I just stop and I think and I lose my mind. <laughs> Get hungry. Get hungry for God's presence in your life. There's no formula for it. If you're looking for this formula that I want to give you, there's no formula. Formula is falling in love with your Savior. That's my formula I want to give you. Fall in love with your Savior. Get his word. Find these little golden nuggets. I printed out a thing here. I call it Telephone to Glory. And the guys would just hand that out. All it is is Bible scriptures for things in your life. That like if you're going through fear, it gives you a scripture to go to. Sometimes we get so much stuff to do that we, we just need one scripture to grab a hold of for that instance. That's all we need. So it's simple. It's a simple thing. And uh, I thought, you know, give the people something they can grab a hold of easy. Because God never meant for it to be hard. The church has sometimes makes things harder than what they are. Not necessarily church. Some preachers have. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Salvation's an easy thing. It's, it's free. You don't have to do nothing for it other than ask Jesus in your heart. That's pretty free, isn't it? So I want you to know who you are, that you're more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you, that you lack nothing nothing at all. I can remember being on this building, and I went to sleep. God woke me up in the middle of the night. This is our building. And he said, do this, this, and this, and this. I got up, went on my computer, started throwing stuff around in there, and went to the engineer and said, you just saved a million dollars. That's the God we serve. That's what he wants to do in your life. He will show you ways. You want pastor praise, witty inventions, houses you didn't build. What do you think I do? Thank you, Jesus, for houses I didn't build. Thank you for witty inventions. I've had a number of inventions, people. I have a friend that's a multimillionaire because of inventions that God gave him in dreams. Dreams. You want a invention? You better claim some of the subpasses. And then when in the middle of the night you start having a dream, get yourself out of bed if it's 2 in the morning and start doing what he tells you to do. You might be surprised what will happen to it. Literally. It's amazing. Some of the stuff he's... In fact, we were so engulfed in what we were doing, Dave and I. Dave's a good friend of mine. He owns a big laboratory, and I'm, 
He's an amazing man. He loves Jesus. He gives a lot of money to God's work. He's a very generous man, but he's very prophetic, and he's a dear friend of ours. He, just, he was up here not too long ago visiting us, but he, 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 just, he just listens to God. And one time he went to a prophetic meeting. He started, they started prophesying over him some of the stuff he was doing. And some of the stuff that's being prophesied was literally top secret in the world. They weren't supposed to even know. And God was spewing that out amongst these men to show them who he is. So God, if people, you want God to use you, draw near to him. Know who he is. Let him be your first love. Literally your first love. That means you're going to have to die to some of your nonsense. But the nice part is you don't have to do it. He'll remove it for you. I had a friend. I led a person to the Lord. There he is. He's in, he's in his office. He's got a Bible, a bottle of whiskey, and a Playboy magazine in the office. 30 days later, I came back. Playboy's gone. The bottle of whiskey's gone. The only thing is left is the Bible. I didn't say nothing. I just led him to Jesus. That's the God we serve. Who's our teacher? Who's our convictor? Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. He's our empower. He's our embracer. He's everything. God has given us everything we need through the power of the Holy Ghost. When Acts 1-8 happened, he gave us all power and authority to do the works that his son did and greater works that he did, which is leading people to Jesus. That's the greatest work. But know that. You have to know who you are in Christ Jesus and that you can do all things through him. When you get that in your heart, you will not stop moving mountains. You will move mountains beyond your understanding. Building is nothing to build. Lives is what's important. We're going to change lives here. This church is going to be a mountain mover. There's no if we are. If we're going to go into this church and we're, we're, we're murmuring, oh, God, send revival. Nothing's going to change in this church just by moving in there. We're going to be the same church we are now moving in that building. Only thing we're going to have is a new facility. If we don't move in, they're expecting revival and a movement of God beyond second and believing him to do it and that he's already done it, not begging him to send revival. How can you ask somebody to send revival when he's given you all power and authority that you lack nothing? You have all power to do anything on this earth. You can drive the, the devils back, the gates of hell. You can destroy them. We can take this city by God's power and authority. That's what we're here to do. That building is just a building to house people in and get them, get them uh, equipped to do the work and send them out beyond the world. So we can go beyond this, change our nation. If we don't change our nation, we're not going to have a nation anymore, people. Because the evil is bombarding America second to none. Lying and perversion in our election system and everything we touch is perverted, it's perverted. There's no law anymore. Our justice has become lawless. Both parties have become lawless. It's a fact of life, people. We are the answer. It's no time to be silent anymore. We have to rise up. We have to rise up in authority. We have to rise up in power. We have to do what God's called us to do because we are who we are. We are the King of kings and Lord of lords. We are the high priest that Jesus has called us to be. He is the King of kings. We're his royal hosts. We're his people. Priest. He's called us to be priests in a dying land. Our world is falling apart out there. Marriage is falling apart. You don't think Satan's working hard out there? He shut the church down. How could you shut a church down? How do you shut a church down? A fake virus? Man-made? A lie of the devil? The church bought it. 
Most of the church in our nation bought that lie. Because you know why? They didn't know their God. You know, if, they were, if we were living, they would have been part of the ten murmuring, running around the land. The majority of the church is those murmurs. There was a percentage that weren't. It was a small percentage, people, that stood up for truth and stood on God's word and never wavered. Some of them got thrown in jail. Some of them got fear, fear of mankind thrown at them, but they stood anyway. They stood on God's truth and they kept walking because they knew their God. They knew their God. That's what it's all about. You are mountain movers. You use nothing. You lack nothing, people. Absolutely nothing. And age has nothing to do with it. I'm going to tell you now, senior citizens, if you think you're just going to retire and sit around and do la-la land, you're dreaming. And it's not just going to be cleaning the church or working like that. We're getting people saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, the power of God's going to change lives. And we're going to start teaching the younger women and men how to be mighty men and women of God. That's our calling. Our calling is not to sit back. Now we're retired. We got a little money. We don't have to do nothing. Lie of the enemy. Now you've got time to do what God's called you. You're not raising children anymore. They're raised. Now you need to get out there and do what God's called you to do. We need to, we need to help those younger ones. Give them the instructions. Help them to see how to walk with the principles of God and God's truth. To be victorious. That's the church I want. This is a mighty church. This church is set up for the greatest revival. This city, you have no idea. It's a setup. God has set this community up for one of the most mighty revivals I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen some mighty revivals. I really have. We have a Christian borough mayor. We have a Christian city mayor. Both of them spirit-filled. Hello, people. Who put that in place? He set it up for this very hour. This very hour. We're ready to move a mighty, mighty mountain. And we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. And when we grab a hold of this thing, no more begging God. Thank you, God, for revival. Thank you, God, for removing, you know, for, for saving this marriage. Thank you for setting, for setting me free. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me from this foul lying cancer. Forgive me for speaking curses on my life. Take yourself through self-deliverance. Well, how do I do that? That's easy. Father, forgive me for what I have done. Forgive me for allowing Satan to be a part of my life. Satan, I command you and all your forces to loose any foothold you have in my life. Christians can be oppressed or possessed. Not possessed, but they can be oppressed. It takes the same anointing, same word to get set free from whatever it is. It's the same devil. So in the name of Jesus, I command you to loose my life now and never return. Now you just close the door. Now open the door up. Grab the truth. Whatever truth you need for the situation. A simple truth is, by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. It's already accomplished. He set me free. If the blood of Jesus sets me free, I trace that blood around about me. I thank you for warring angels. I'm going forth. Now go to your neighbor and start praying for him. Take your eyes off of yourself, and they'll strangely go dim. It doesn't say the darts won't hit you. James says, call for the elder of the church. If any of you are sick, call for the elders. They'll lay hands in you. You shall recover. What does that say? Shall recover? Does it say might you recover? It doesn't say that. It says you will recover. But it, he'll hit you. The darts hit us. They're real. 
They're real darts. Satan tries to put us out. He tried to put me out many times in this job. I had to stand. And sometimes my, my wife and I definitely stood a lot together. But you, you just got to stand. I, I can't put words in your mouth or your heart. Or you, you just have to set your heart like a flint. Put your feet in concrete and not move. Literally, the concrete is dried and cured. You can't get out of it. This is the truth. I'm standing on it. I will not remove myself from it. I have to go there. I have to set my feet like a shrimp. And I can't listen to anybody around me. Nobody. I have to shut it all out of my mind, and I have to set myself. And that truth has to bombard my mind. It becomes part of my heart then. I remove it from my mind, my heart, and now I'm, I just stand there. That's it. I have a, that, the heart thing brings you peace. There's, all, there's a peace that just enters your heart, and it's amazing, people. It's an amazing thing. My, come to these services expecting God to move mighty mountains and expecting God to use you to move mighty mountains. You. Every child, every woman, every man, every one of you. Come to this service expecting to be used by God and expecting to receive from God. Because he's speaking to you all the time. I come to this church not to receive. I'm going to be real honest with you. When I go around this church shaking hands to you people, what dwells in me? What dwells in me? The Holy Ghost. So when I put my hands on people, what do you think is taking place? You think I'm just greeting people, saying hi? Yes, I love people. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoy people. That's something I do do. But I'm also transferring something into your life that's real. It's his presence that's within us. So just know what's in you. Be careful who you lay hands on. The Bible says lay hands on not too quickly, you know, to measure. Let the voice of God speak to you, the Holy Spirit, and he will tell you. There's people I pray for, they come up and ask for one thing, and sometimes I'll take them through deliverance and they don't even know they went through it. You don't have to do things. It's not a big show, people. It doesn't have to be a big show. Come on. It's God. He's a gentle God. I used to do deliverance ministry major. Major. We ran a drug rehab center. And I got to the point, I refused to let Satan demonstrate his nonsense. I would tell him to, to stop right now. Because they like to show off, demons do. I'd just stop them in their track. In the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, you knew not move nothing. You're done. That's it. So just know that's the God we serve. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.